Peace. Welcome back to season two, episode three of the Fadeaway Podcast. I'm Fetty, and alongside me today, man, I, I wasn't sure about this name, and I'm still not sure, but whatever. Nicholas Zage, how you doing, hey, buddy? It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, bro. <laughs> Yeah, what's going on, man? I'm chilling, man. Third week of the NBA. Uh, today is actually a monumental. Is it monumental? Monumental day in fadeaway history. Is it monumental or monumentous? I'm not even 100 percent sure. I, I, I went to business monumental. school, so it's fine. Nah, not moment. Nah, monumental for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the first time, we actually have a guest on our show today. A very special, the first time, uh, our fellow Brock Badger. Oh yeah. Max, how you doing, man? Good, good. It's monumental, by the way. Is it monumental? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's monumental. Yeah. And we went to the same business school, man. You're making me look real bad. <laughs> we don't talk, you know. <laughs> How you doing, man? Tell us. Uh, so first off, um, tell our guests a little bit about yourself, and uh, and also how you came to love the sport of basketball. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my name is Max. Um, so I g- kind of grew up in Brampton. Uh, I went to Brock with. With Fadi and Zaid, uh, studied business, same thing as you guys. Um, right now, I'm working as a pricing analyst um, at a company in MDA called MDA in Brampton. Uh, they do like nice. space robotics and stuff. Um, and what kind of drew me to ball is like growing up, I had a grade three teacher who kind of taught me how to play the game, and like I had a hoop next to my house, and just started watching Raptors, trying to emulate Mo Pete, you know, Jason Capono. Oh, wow, wow, Jason, Jason Capono, <laughs> throwback. Man, um, yeah, and just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, man. And people know me as a shooter, uh, but I just kept watching it day in day out, and uh, just grew in love with the game. Played fantasy ball since like high school. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Did you play competitive basketball, like uh, rep basketball or anything, or just stick to rec league? I played a lot of house league growing up, and then I played uh, high school for a year. Nice. Uh, and then a lot of intramurals at Brock as well. Yeah, honestly, man, I, I played maybe like six months of competitive basketball. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> hey, man, it does, doesn't stop you from loving the game. doesn't yeah, stop I got, you. I got a shot of knees now at 24. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's. it's kind of sad, right? And you're looking at like all these guys in the NBA and they're like way older than us, but yeah, so, so much more athletic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming on the pod. I know we, um, well, actually the way this started, Zayda, to give you a background. So Max had posted something on his Facebook page. Um, oh, he no. posted his He's predictions not. for the year in terms of uh, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. And this was actually a, it was a three-part debate because uh, our buddy Kurt was supposed to be on this call, uh, but yeah. he had somebody come up with work, so he can't. I think he is having dinner with, like, Pascal Siakam or something. But, uh, but he uh, – so, essentially, uh, I'm going to pull up the post, but in a nutshell, the the basis of the argument and, like, looking back at it, man, I feel like such an idiot. I know. You're I, I was arguing yeah. with so much confidence. So, essentially, Max had left the Warriors out of the Western Conference wow. playoff picture. And, I, man, I come in chiming, like, guns blazing. I'm like, yeah. who is Steph Curry is the man. Like, what are you talking about? They're definitely going to make the playoffs. And then I watched, like, the first game. They got whipped by the Clippers. And then it just slowly started crumbling. I I think they were, like, four games into the season. And I just kept thinking about Max. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up at four in the morning. I'm like, damn, Max is going to clown me for this, man. But actually, um, I I stayed away from the bet. And and Kurt had taken the bet. So before um, before we talk about your projections, tell me what had that. 
kept you or motivated you to keep the Warriors off your playoff picture? So there's a bit of a background, like, with my predictions. I wanted it to be a bit risky in general. I didn't want to pick, like, the obvious choices. Like, I could have picked Giannis as MVP just because and stuff like that. But I kind of wanted to make it kind of interesting. And I figured, um, you know, I like some of these teams in the West. And the West is always stacked, you know. Um, and Clay out for the entire year. You know, he's such a good two-way player. Kevin Durant not back. You know, Curry's a year older. I don't think him and Russell would have gelled well together. Because yeah. um, mm-hmm. both need the ball in their hands. And outside of, like, Russell, Curry, and Green, like, the other guys on the roster, I don't really trust them. And I know they're obviously a championship team, and they're such a veteran repertoire, but I just wanted to be risky with it. And um, a lot of these these predictions worked out, but some of them didn't. Like, to be fair, the Kings are are low now, and now they're down De'Aaron Fox and Morgan Bagley, right? Yeah. I had them as eighth, and they're probably... Wow, yeah, I don't know about that, That's but I'll, I'll actually mention something because I have, um, I actually have both Middleton and De'Aaron Fox on my fantasy. Yeah, and I took Steph Curry second overall, so my oh. fantasy is looking real garbage. Like honestly, Middleton has been so bad. Like I don't want to say bad because he's been all right. He's been Middleton, but the thing is, when you come off a max contract summer signing, rather, yeah. I don't know, but um, you think he's gonna step up? Like it's kind of like what Pascal is doing a little, a little bit more. You think he'll he'll, step, he'll take on that next step after a max deal? But you think so? He's been so. Let's uh, let's break this down. Actually, before we get into this, I want to hear your opinions, Ed, on uh, on the Warriors. I guess it's it's hard to uh, say. Like, what did you think before the season started? But uh, I guess now, and what do you think of his projection? Well, I guess now it's easy to tell. He, yeah, yeah, he's freaking right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but I didn't have them. Sorry, I had them making the playoffs in my, like, my, in, in, before the season. You kind of think, you know, yeah, sure, they lost Clay, but, um, I just didn't maybe realize how not deep they were. Like, I guess when you, when your stars go down, you realize, you know, what, what your team is really made of. And then you see the names that, you saw, like, the whole stats about, like, the, we, we posted about the starting lineup. Um, and, and, and uh, sorry about Stephen Curry, the difference in salary between him and the, and the, the new starting. Uh, point guard, and then mm-hmm. you see a stat like um, their whole side lineup gets paid seven million dollars annually. <laughs> seven million for a whole side lineup, bro. That's insane. So this is a team that had, I think, the highest paid starting exactly. lineup. Exactly. Like so you, you you don't see that until the stars go down. And obviously Steph goes down. Draymond was down for a bit. He came back, and I think he got kicked out of his his first game back. Um, that's obviously you know that's what that's what he's gonna do. So you look at it and like like once you see the bare bones, like oh man, this team. Is, it's the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah. right. So I mean, good on Max for good on Max for seeing that, and taking that risk. Uh, but I thought they were going to be like a low, you know, six, seven, eight seed. Yeah, and then everything's crumbling, and they're the worst team in the league now. Yeah, and uh, sorry, before we move into this post more in depth, uh, I want to say actually the one thing for me because you mentioned that you didn't realize the stars had fallen, and then how bad they would be for me. It's oh, actually yeah. I didn't realize the value of the other guys. The Sean Livingstons, yeah. the Andre Iguodala's, yeah. the Jordan Bells. Even though Jordan Bell played minimal minutes, they would love to have him on the team right now. Yeah. To oh, give, yeah. you know, like, and and honestly, Max, I was mentioning this on your comments, and I look foolish for even mentioning this guy's name, but Marquise Chris <laughs> is, oh. has been absolutely garbage. Like, I gave this guy, I'm like, yo, he had a pretty good summer league, uh, sorry, um, preseason. Oh, you know, he's really? going to come out hot. He's going to have the opportunity. This guy is pure garbage. Yeah, yeah, garbage. So I, I, yeah, I would, 
I definitely think they would love to give Jordan Bell those minutes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. Every team goes through it. And now, you, if you really look at it, they're going to be healthy next year with a trio that should be at least in the tail end of their prime but still have another year or two. No, uh, maybe not tail end, man. Like, yeah, well, the- like you're factoring in ACL injuries and then Steph Curry is – Everybody comes back. I mean, he's good, now. but Draymond Green's already started to decline. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, games yeah. Is, he's a different story. But, I mean, do you guys see um, – sorry, I want to see Max's opinion on this, but D'Angelo Russell, do they keep or let go? Honestly, I wouldn't mind just keeping him. If I think about the Warriors in 2021 having – like Curry, maybe move Clay to the three. I know he's kind of a small ball three if that happens. Yeah. Have deloading as a two, have Draymond as a four or five, and if they can get a top five pick, that's maybe a small forward power forward. Then I think they'll come out guns blazing in 2021. I think they may have like maybe a year or two left in the in the Warriors prime. Um, so I'd like to see if they keep him, unless they get a trade that would even better their team, which yeah. I don't see happening. Like I know Jamal wants to play with Cat. In yeah. Minnesota, but like, who do you give away, right? Wiggins? That's not better than, than D'Angelo. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't no. take that. Even yeah. though he's been playing really well, yeah, for, yeah. for <laughs> the past couple of games. Really good. He's yeah, really good. he's a, he's getting ready to come home. I feel it. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna come home. Um, but actually, one one thing, Max, I want to point out is um, in our conversation, uh, I think this is something I may have gotten you on, but you had the Raptors at seventh. Yeah, Man, and I I, th- I said initially I said they'd be top three, top four, easy. Has has your opinion at all changed, or is it just a hot start and you're sticking with your projection? Because I mean, aside from the Raptors looking like the Raptors, the East itself is looking a little bit underwhelming. Like the Nets, for example. Yeah. Um. Honestly, looking at the first what ten games. Yeah. The thing is with the Raptors. They're winning against the teams they should win against, and losing against the teams they should lose against. They lost against not, not the Lakers, though. Yeah. <laughs> not the Best Lakers, team in the league. Just, that Lakers game was amazing. I don't get me wrong, but outside of that, it's like, yeah, you beat who? Like, there was a Detroit one game. Was it like Orlando? Um, we lost against Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, I do think I maybe we should have put them at like five. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, then again, I was taking a risk, you know, and now we're seeing injuries to, you know, Ibaka, Lowry, and OG. Um, yeah. We'll see how kind of that plays out with uh, the Eastern Conference. But yeah, the Eastern Conference is pretty uh, underwhelming. You know, the Bucks. I think they're really missing Brogdon right now. Yeah, yeah, man, we were just talking about that. Uh, the Sixers are doing well. I love the rookie Thibault. Uh, he's a defensive beast, but they're not yes. anymore. Uh, the Celtics are looking, looking great. And yeah, the Celtics are looking really, really good. Yeah, and this Hayward injury uh, might affect them a little bit, but they still got Brown and Tatum, right? So yeah, I'm looking to see the Nets hopefully get better as the year goes on. I know Kyrie going to their team is a big difference, um, but he's been balling out, man. I have him in fantasy, and he's been yeah, he's he's great. definitely a key fantasy addition. But man, I'm gonna be very very honest with you, I'm not a Kyrie fan. Like I don't like what he's about. I think he has a good game. But he just comes with too much baggage for me. This is an entertainment year, man. This, they're just showing, showcasing him, you know, selling tickets. They're collecting pieces, and they're putting pieces around him and KD. Once him and KD come back, the way he plays changes. He's yeah. dropping, like, he had games dropping, like, 40, 15, whatever. He's, like, putting on a show like he's playing in a playground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it's a showcase year for them from, from that perspective. So, um, other than that, I, I put the I put the, uh, the Raptors at five as well. And I thought they were going to be kind of like a mid, mid-conference team. But yeah. the way they're looking now... Max, you're right. You're right about saying that they're gonna they're beating the team that they should beat, and they're lo- they, obviously they're losing against teams that might be a little bit better than them. But 
I mean, you look at the Clippers game last night too. I mean, we just ran out of gas, but we were there the whole time. And undermanned. Yeah, all right? And you, you lose OG in that game too. So you, you, when you see the young guys like Boucher is coming up, like scoring 15 against the Lakers. I want to talk threes. about Boucher for a little bit. Man, I didn't know he could play. I think the great thing about this Raptors team is that we have a system with Nick Nurse that we can throw a guy in and we can still keep it scrappy, you know? Even the games we lost, um, like we either keep it close and we lose at the end, mm-hmm. or in the games we won, like we keep it close but we win at the end, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think our system with Nick Nurse kind of is interchangeable with different players we have. Um, and I also want to talk about Miami later on too. I forgot about them. But uh, but yeah, like love Chris Boucher. I love Terrence Davis. Yeah, yes, TD is built like such a football player, and I think he used to play football too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really impressed by by those guys because uh, they just fit into the system, you know, developed them the right way in the D League, G League, mm-hmm. um, even just like drafted guys undrafted. I mean, undraft Terrence Davis, like they did with Fred, Fred Van Vliet, taking him on that same path to kind of become that next player. Yeah. So, so far, it's looking good. So talk to me about the Heat because uh, my co host here. Is also a big Heat fan. So talk Huge. to me because you mentioned you want to talk about them. Sorry. So if I were to redo my, my little ranking here, I'd have Heat. Yeah. Miami is number four, maybe. And honestly. Just to give you a background, he had them at six. Oh, I think that's fair. Their personality, man. Like, I didn't realize how, how crazy Pat Riley and Eric Spolster are in terms of, like, conditioning their players, um, training camp and all that, and having Jimmy Butler lead that charge. Picking a rookie like Tyler Harrell, who's amazing. Um, even getting a guy over the summer like Kendrick Nunn, um, just mixing that with Dragic, mm-hmm. that Adebayo, who I have as most improved player. Oh. Um, I had Eric Spolstra as coach of the year before I made my change to Kenny Atkins. But, yeah, yeah, Kenny. Um, but yeah, I just think their identity as a team is there. They got a star now. Uh, even Dragic can be like the second tier guy, even though he's kind of past his prime mm-hmm. and it's kind of coming up. They also have a guy like Winslow. Um, and unfortunately, a guy like John Waiters now. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> this team is balling, man. This team is balling, and they're just they're just fighting every single night when they're playing. Did you see the uh, the post? Because the, the night. Okay, so just to give our listeners background, Dion Waiters had a. Oh yeah. Was it like a? Was it, he didn't have like a, a seizure. He, did he have a seizure, or yeah. did he just like pass out? And start tripping out. But anyways, his teammate gave him, like, THC-infused gummies, which are weed gummies. And uh, he had a really, really bad trip on the plane. And they suspended him <laughs> 10 games without pay. So, they yeah. So, there was a post um, that night. It was, uh, I think it was Dame had, like, 60 that night. And the the post was Damian Lillard and Dion Waiters both had their career highs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. Well, yeah. one one player that uh um I wanted to mention on the Heat that you um that you didn't mention was uh, Myers Leonard. Oh yeah. H- having him as uh, uh, and adding him in the summer, man, like that guy, like he can step out and shoot the three. He's long enough to protect the rim. Like they're deep, and they're not like it's not like they're deep with stars. Yeah, they are really literally compiled of the best Caucasian players in the <laughs> it's NBA. It's amazing, man. They have <laughs> they have so many of them. Kelly Olynyk. Um, yes. Uh, you said Myers Leonard, Tyler Harrow. And that kid, uh, is it Richardson? His name is, I think it's something. Is Robinson? Robinson or Robinson, something like so. that. He's killing it. Yeah. He's yeah. a second-year player. He's really good. He's, he can shoot. Um, he's actually pretty strong, the way like the way he takes in. So, But like, like you were saying, like their their personality comes out in their team. Yeah. And you can, tell, you can see, and everyone knows the reputation that Pat Rowley has and 
now I guess Bo has for working from yeah, J- James Johnson. They didn't let him on uh, yeah. report to the team because he yeah. wasn't fit. Yeah, so I think Miami's a team not to be messed with. And if I'm being completely honest, like when I did fantasy ball, I I heard a report that Deion Waiters was in good shape, and I picked him as my last pick. Yeah, and it's a really deep lead, like 16 teams, 14 roster spots. So he was like 200. I was like, all right, Deion Waiters, I'll get you now. And then like I was like, bro, like come on. But but anyways, yeah, man, like their identity is just there. Um, they're balling night in night out, and I think Jimmy Butler is the perfect person to fit that identity, man. Yeah. Like, you hear the reports in the summer he was working out at 3:30 in the morning, and the next day Myers later comes and joins him, right? So it just goes to show that I think Butler's gonna have a resurgence here. He's where he wants to be, right? Uh, same goes with Kyrie in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and they're just balling now, you know. So one more thing I want to talk about from your Facebook post, and then we'll move on. Uh, your rookie of the year, you had John Morant. You still sticking with it? Uh, yeah, I am. I, I've been following him here and there. And, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. I had Zion, but then I heard about the injury and I had to change my pick. Yes. John, John's been balling. But, honestly, a lot of the rookies are playing really well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a product of how the NBA is more fast-paced. You know, you have a guy like Tyler Harrow who's putting up, what, 10 to 15 a night. Um, Andre Barrett's putting up 15 to 20 a night. Um, John Morant, same thing. You have guys coming out of nowhere. I think Nunn's considered a rookie as well. Yeah, he is. Even though he was in the G League last year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure as the, as the season progresses, there's going to be more of that. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a product of how fast-paced this game is now and that rookies can get open shots. Yeah, and I think the fact that I can't really pinpoint another rookie who's a standout. There's just a good – I think there's like 8 to 10 really solid rookies this year. Uh, but there's like John Moran probably separates himself in terms of his aggressiveness, athleticism, his leadership, and he's just looking like a vet. So I, I'm happy for him, and I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, did you hear? And I'm sure you did. Gordon Hayward can't catch a break. Mm. Well, he get hits too. He caught too a, much break. Of a break. <laughs> Sorry, I saw that online. <laughs> but yo, I can't believe it. I, I'm actually really sad because. Not only was Boston balling, was. Gordon Hayward was balling. He was coming back. Like, there's obviously advantages because it is his offhand, and he's going to be back within six weeks, so should be okay. But uh, what kind of impact do you guys think uh, that this has on his uh, a his play and his confidence? Max, you can go. Okay, um, I feel bad for Gordon. Obviously, he had a kind of a, a comeback year so far. Um, I know he's had a broken hand before, but I think it's his other hand this time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In terms of the team impact, I think they'll still win games. I think Tatum and Brown can shoulder the load, and they have Marcus Smart to kind of step in. Uh, in terms of Gordon, I think he should be really cautious on, on claiming back. Uh, I think it'll take about four to six weeks to, to return. But I think he should still be confident in the fact that he's balling the way he should be in, as an all-star. Because last year, seeing him play the way he did, Boston emphasizing him over the young guys and them just falling out as a team. Uh, it was really sad to see, but now like Kemba's leading the charge uh, with the rookies. Not the, not the rookies, sorry. The, the sophomore Tatum and, and the third year in Brown. Um, I think it, it's it's unfortunate for them and it's it's a big loss for them because they don't have much uh, like forwards or bigs. You know, like I think one of their their best big is Ennis Cantor. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I really like the Robert Williams, the the rookie that they got. But I mean, he's not like when you look at a team that's ready right now. That's yeah, not really not. the guy you want down there. Yeah. So when it comes to later on the season, if another injury happens to either Tatum, Brown, or, or Hayward, 
they're gonna be pretty thin, uh, like with with the bigs, you know. They're gonna really miss Horford. Uh, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. What do you think, Zid? Um, I think they have enough to shoulder the load for for the season. I mean, even for as long as Hayward's out, but it just sucks for Hayward. He was having like he was kind of coming back to his All Star season essentially, and um. What does it do for his confidence? I think obviously you, you start to think about how you're playing and like his. If you look at if you see the injury, it's a freak accident. Like it doesn't even look like it's, the hand broke. He just kind of bumped into a screen um, that Lamarcus Aldridge was, was setting. So um, you kind of maybe think twice about how you move and where you move and stuff like that. So um, as far as Boston can stay, you know, a top four, top five team in the East. I don't think like we were we were talking about like how thin they were at the big at the biggest positions. Um, I don't think they're not. They're definitely not built to win a championship or really contend. Like I would take, like I would take the Sixers and I would take the Bucks over them for sure. I would take even, even us. I think we could. We would be able to. Even the Raptors, we, we, they'd be able to win it. To be Boston. Yeah, I think we could do it. I mean, I don't want to say that we can't, but I, I mean, they look full, real. Full they health? look really good right now, and they haven't even started gelling yet. Like they just got Kemba. Yeah, Kemba's but then you, you take out, you take out, you take out Hayward now. You kind of, and yeah, but he's going to be back in like six weeks. Nah. And honestly, I hate to say it, but Jalen Brown is is stepping up nice. I think mm-hmm. he had like um, 20, 25 and ten or something like that in the in the last game that he played. Uh, but he, I mean, he has the potential. And the thing about it, what do you guys think of this Tatum Brown thing? Should they ride it out or should oh. they ship one? Uh, honestly, I love them both. Um, I see Jalen Brown as like a, an improved DeRozan in the sense where you can shoot three and defend uh, <laughs> yeah like, just bigger too yeah a bit bigger uh a bit better defensively can shoot the three uh, obviously Drozen's like his uh, footwork is impeccable oh yeah oh, uh, Taylor on the other hand I, I still think he's a little raw offensively like he can show flashes of 20 points a night i know he's been kind of trained by kobe and that's kind of caused some controversy i love them both if, if they can kind of stick it out and have uh, either Tatum or, or Hayward as, like, the small ball four. And it seems to be working pretty well so far, you know? Like, I think the biggest issue for them last year was Kyrie. Um, but I, think- Aye, man. I, I kept saying it all year long. <laughs> and, and this guy kept protecting him. I tried, man. I, I told you, at the end of the season, he became difficult to defend, right? Or like, not from a basketball perspective, but from like a personal perspective. I couldn't, I couldn't find any more excuses for him. I couldn't, you know, all the, the antics and whatever. And obviously, he revealed later that he was going through some stuff personally so um but Kyrie, it does look like Kyrie's been the biggest issue yeah, yeah. for sure well see i find that players now they want to make their own decision on where they want to play and that's kind of the big theme of what happened over the summer right if you look at paul george Kawhi, both in, on the clippers um jimmy not going home but going to where he wants to be in miami and then obviously Kyrie doing the same with brooklyn uh, i'm sure there's other changes that must have happened that players not the same way you know mm-hmm. yeah so uh last year's rookie of the year's finalists or i guess the winner and the runner-up luka Doncic and trey young Ballin. what do you guys think so far that's been that's been hella entertaining i love luka oh. they've uh, both been given the chance to lead the team and it, and then you see what you see what they're doing with with which with each of the teams, it's not like the, each team has like crazy amounts of star players, or obviously Dallas has Porzingis, and but they've got all, also some decent role. Funny players. you bring up Porzingis. Yes, I, I know. saw a stat which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Max, let me hear from you, Luca, so, Trey. What do you What are you thinking? So in my deep fantasy league that my brother runs, uh, I actually picked Porzingis forty seventh. 
Uh, I wanted to see him play this year and kind of come back to the all-star form. He's been kind of hit or miss just because, like, he's kind of still rusty a bit. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of, like, the Trey versus Donkic comparison, uh, Donkic is a superstar. Trey, I think, it will be an all-star. But I think overall the trade is somewhat fair because they also got, uh, I think it was DeAndre Hunter as, like, the, the secondary, the pick that they got. And if both of them uh, produce... You know, either DeAndre Hunter being an all-star eventually, or a really good role player, and then versus Doncic, I think both teams both teams were were satisfied and, and happy they got that deal done. And even yeah. the Hawks GM said that he'd do the, the deal again, even though he realizes how good Doncic is. It's you know? it's crazy to think about that that they swapped yeah. on draft night. Yeah, those two guys like there's it's a win-win for both teams. Yeah, that and and honestly, like for me personally. I don't know about you guys, but the biggest surprise to me from Trey Young has been his assist numbers. The, this guy is putting up 30 points with like 11, 12, 13 assists. Yeah. No problem. And who does he really have on, on Atlanta? Like, I, I think um, like if if John Collins was not suspended, yeah, I would have had – like I didn't have the Hawks as a, as a playoff team, but they could have been a dark horse like eight. Yeah. Just because John Collins is like a walking 19-10 a night. Um, so athletic. You know, uh, Trey Young, like, second half of the year, his numbers were on par, if not better than Doncic, right? Like, he's putting up Steph Curry almost like numbers, and it's his second year. Um, yeah. So I have Kevin Herter, um, VC, who's, like, double the... Uh, <laughs> and, Older than Trey's like, father. And that's yeah. as well. And, you know, I think just that in itself in the East could warrant, like, a an 8-10 to 10 seed. Uh, so they could have been a dark horse team, but John Collins' suspension um, kind of hurt them that way. What's your uh, biggest surprise for Doncic, Zade? Um, I guess just how he's actually able to lead a team uh, this early into, into his career. He knows he's the guy. He knows, um, you know, he's the he's essentially the star on the team. He's the one getting all the shots. He's the one running the offense. Um, he's the one that's uh, running all the plays. So. I think it's just a it's a, it's a surprise to see how young these guys are, especially especially Luca, and how they're able to impact the team so quickly. Like we haven't seen that kind of stuff literally since LeBron James. We're like a guy coming in 18, 19 years old and able to put a team on his shoulders and take them thirty point it, triple doubles exactly. Yeah, like, like and he's competing against LeBron. Obviously LeBron, you know, much older now, but like he's putting up literally LeBron like numbers, and we haven't seen that since two thousand and three, right? So yeah. just seeing how he's coming, obviously. He's got that Euro League experience. He's already been a professional for a handful of years, so that kind of gives him an advantage. Um, so when you really think about that, like he's been doing this for a while, and he's been the best player in Europe for a while. So it's it's crazy how he's been able to translate it to the NBA. Yeah. yeah and Max, sorry, go ahead, Max. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say, like, he's almost like like the Austin Matthews of the NBA in a sense, because Austin Matthews did the same thing, right? And I'm gonna talk about hockey here, but but yeah, like he came played. Like in a, in a mature league in, in the states, I believe, right? He yeah. comes in and becomes the leader of the Leafs, and it's the same same situation almost. Yeah, the only the only difference I would say is what makes Doncic a little bit more impressive is that he's European coming to do this in North America, yeah. Yeah, and different. I think that that is going heavily underrated in terms of like culture barrier, language barrier, but also different level of basketball. I know he played pro from a young age, so he had the advantage in that sense, but. There's no doubt that the talent in the NBA is much better than European talent. You might have physicality and whatnot in Europe, but from a basketball perspective, the NBA is the best league in the world. So 
he's playing with the best of the best and he's he's shining so that's been my biggest thing but to your point about Kristaps Porzingis uh, Max because I also drafted him too I saw this stat today and I found it a little bit interesting so the Mavs are scoring 101.2 points per 100 possessions with Porzingis on the floor okay this is the number one offensive rated team in the league this is with him on the floor with him off the floor they're scoring 125.7 points per 100 possessions and his net rating is the lowest on the team. It's minus 8.3. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he had a couple 28-point games in the year, but I'm always looking for his efficiency. He's not an efficient scorer. I don't. Th- he never was in New York. Um, that part of his game needs to get a little bit better. I know he's getting his legs under him, but he's a bit of a defensive liability. Like, Dwight Powell is giving them good minutes. Boban's giving them good minutes. They're not going to score like Kristaps. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's what's working in the system and clearly so far in in the year. Him off the court has been (laughs) advantageous for their offense. And, I mean, from a net rating perspective, he's at a negative, so his defense can't be that good. Wow. See, from a fantasy perspective, um, he's one of the only guys that would get you two or three blocks a night and two or three threes a night. Yeah. Uh, and he gets some bits here and there, a lot of points. But yeah, from a field goal perspective, he's like he's pretty 40. for a big man. Uh, but I didn't expect that to have such a, a bad net rating. But I'm sure as the as the year goes on, as he shakes off the rust, it'll probably get a bit better. And I know they're not going to not play him. You know, they traded. I think it was two picks. What Tim, was it? Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan for him, and so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would do that trade any oh, day yeah. of the week. Like, you're not giving up anything, yeah. realistically. So, it's definitely a good bargain, but I would I would like to see him shoot better, shoot better, shoot be more efficient. Like, you're a seven-footer. Make, take it, actually, he's comfortably seven-foot. He's like seven-four. Yeah. Seven, yeah. So, yeah. just play more down low. Stop shooting threes as much. Yeah. Um, What else did I send you today that we wanted to talk about? Um, Oh, last night. Tony Parker got his jersey retired. So that officially, gents, marks the end of the San Antonio era that we knew, that we grew up watching, that we grew up being tormented by as we were growing up as young LeBron fans, for people like myself, uh, as young basketball fans in general, Kobe fans, uh, any fans that were, you know, suffered at the hand of the Spurs. Manu, Tim, and Tony are all now gone. What do you guys think this means for the game of basketball? Max, start. So, growing up, obviously I was a Raptors fan, but I was also a big like Phoenix Suns fan. And the Shout Spurs, out to Phoenix Suns. Spurs had their number. Yeah. You know, Popovich uh, is, is obviously one of the best coaches ever versus like Mike D'Antoni back in the day, which <laughs> I Because all he did was just shoot threes and stuff. And it's just, yeah. like, Some um, things never change. Then, yeah, and then the rivalry between Steve Nash and Parker, you got Amari Stoudemire and Tim Duncan. Um, but to see that era end is, is it's crazy. But at the same time, it seemed like the Spurs never fell off. Like, obviously, they haven't won a championship since Duncan was there and Kawhi was there. But at the same time, they never missed a playoff since, right? So they kind of smoothly transitioned into this phase now where they have DeJounte Murray, they have DeMar DeRozan, um, they have a couple of other rookies like Lonnie Walker, they have Derek White who came in for DeJounte Murray when he was injured last year with Aldridge as well. Um, so this team is still going and going and going. Um, it's sad to see, and it just shows how much older we are now, seeing guys that we see growing up to now they're fully re- retired, right? Um, it just shows how much we've 
watch basketball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Years. So Zay, what do you think this uh, means from for the game of basketball? Uh it just changes up the um, I guess the power of the league. I, I guess you can say right now they're sitting. The Spurs are sitting at ninth. They got a they got a bunch younger last year. They got a bunch younger this year. Um, I think that it. I think I think Popovich is possibly on his way out. You know, I, I know he, I know he promised Aldridge to, to 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 stay until his contract is done. So I think Aldridge doesn't have much time left on his contract. So it's interesting to see who's actually going to succeed Pop, and that's going to change the game even more, right? So, like Max said, it just makes you realize how how much older we're getting. Um, and now like all these guys. So you got this trio out. Kobe's gone. Dirk's gone. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's gone. Like you you want to think Dwayne Wade would have gone this early? Melo's gone. So we've 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 watched a bunch of basketball actually. So um and, and so now we look at the future of the league. Like we're just talking about Trey and Doncic. So we look at we look towards that, and it's gonna change the balance of power of the NBA. And, and you're gonna have seasons like this season now where it's the year of the duo, and it's like one of the it's one of the most competitive seasons we've had in the last five six years. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see a team like the Spurs again. Oh no way. Uh, just because of the, the nature of basketball and guys now just wanting to hop teams and play with their friends and all that. There's no loyalty to a team and organization. Um, not not that I'm saying there should be or shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, you know how I stand with that. I mean, you should be always loyal to your job. But at the end of the day, it's a business both ways, right? So you got to look out for your best interest. But I just don't see a team running it back more than five years Bro, like, they ran it like 15 years and especially with social media like there's always they're, they're trying to tear you down and i was actually listening to uh bill simmons podcast the book of basketball when he had steve kerr on and they were talking about this and they go social media makes people feel so far away from it like they make you they, they see something that's going so well and they target it to try to destroy it yeah. from every angle putting out things that may not be true but it'll put guys against each other like well, what are, you, what are you saying about me to the media? Oh, I didn't say it like that. It was misconstrued. And then you have issues in your locker room. But um, to Max's point earlier about Phoenix, it's funny you bring that up because today I was listening to uh, – you ever hear of the Knuckleheads podcast? Yeah, Quentin Richardson, right? Yeah, with yeah. Q Rich. He had Steve Nash on today. And he had Amari Stoudemire on last week too. Uh, but they were talking today about that Phoenix team. And he goes, man, the Spurs had our number, but we really only had one chance to run it. Like, after their one great year, they traded Q, they let Joe Johnson walk, and they just started signing guys like Raja Bell. They traded Sean Marion for Shaq. Like, yeah. they really blew the team up after that one year. Yeah. And they were saying, man, if, if we got a chance to run it back again two, three, four times like every other team did, 100% we win at least one championship. Yeah. What do you think? Honestly, I'm not sold with D'Antoni ever being a championship-level coach. Um, you kind of see the same thing with the Rockets nowadays, right? They always end up falling in the playoffs. Um, I mean, I can't really look back and, and see how that team fell. I don't remember it clearly because uh, it's been so many years. But uh, at the end of the day, defense was championships, right? And that's the team like that lacked defense. And the same goes for the, the Rockets this year. They have some defense with P.J. Tucker and Capella and whatnot, but... Uh, the forte is offense, and I just think D'Antoni's not really a championship-level coach. Uh, yeah, when it comes to X's and O's, I don't see him drawing up any schemes to, to combat anything, especially when he doesn't preach any defense at all. Actually, to, uh, it was actually funny because um, last year, Houston had a horrible start, and it's because like, their defensive assistant coach, he, he was supposed to retire, but I think 
They brought him back. They brought him they back. They brought him back, bro. He came back like 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> in, and then the playoffs, right? Like, without that guy, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but there would be nothing, right? It's funny you bring that up, uh, but Eric Gordon is going to undergo uh, knee surgery. Uh, he's expected to miss six weeks. So that's another hit to their lineup as well. But, I mean, they're already second last in the NBA in defense, which is unacceptable for a team that's supposed to be top five in the West. Yeah. You're not going to go anywhere if you're 29th in the league in defense. Nope. Um, but in uh, in other news around the league, a couple key returns this week. Actually, before we get into that, did you guys see Shamit last night in the Raptors game get hurt? Friday, uh, Friday was driving in, yeah. and I think he hit him with a little bit of a shimmy. Yeah, I think he broke his ankle, but they called an offensive foul. Yeah, uh, but he ended up getting a grade, uh, grade two high ankle sprain. Wow. Uh, so he's they're gonna come up with a timeline for his return. Rajon Rondo's back. He's coming off the bench tonight, actually, in a couple hours against Phoenix yeah. or in an hour. Yeah, and uh, PG's coming back this week against the Rockets or the Pelicans, Huge. undecided. So. Um, obviously, I don't really care as much about the other ones, but let's talk about PG coming back. Uh, what do you guys think this does for the Clippers lineup? Does this throw them off? Does this make them better? Does this continue running how it runs? There's no what way, are we expecting? There's no way it throws them off. I think there's going to be just a little bit of an adjustment period. But, I mean, if like if Kawhi was so confident in seeking Paul George out, he clearly sees that they can work. And like, Can you imagine like, just that just that one, two, three? You have Pat Bev, Kawhi, PG, just... On the in the middle and on the wings, just defensively. Like, and then you, your bench, you have on. two guys off your bench that are number one and two in bench scoring in exactly. the entire league. So their their scoring will, will will go down a little bit. They'll probably stay at top five in the league. Um, that's Lou and um, Montrez Harrell. So yeah. uh, you just add another scorer. You add another wing player that can defend at a very high level, one of the best in the, in the league. So the, it's like they almost become. Unstoppable. Like how yeah. do you, how do you and, match and up against them? Max, before you get into this, I want to just say one thing. Like a lot of people are are like, "Wow, Kawhi!" You know, they got Kawhi. This is amazing. Nobody. This is Kawhi who led them yeah. the Raptors to a chip. Like Kawhi Finals MVP. This is that. People are forgetting that Paul George was a top three MVP finalist a year ago. This yeah. guy had a crazy, crazy season in terms of his. Yeah. I think he had like the most three pointers made in the league or something like. Like at least top three, something like that. He had a really, really great shooting season. He played amazing defense, but obviously they go out in the first round, and people suffer that recency bias when you see. Obviously, Toronto wins a championship. That's a massive thing in the world, in the NBA world, and then you lose track of the fact that man, PG was an MVP candidate a year ago. Yeah, you know, and um, the way I think of it is like this: so it was Giannis as the MVP. Lineup was James Harden. Paul George was third. Giannis, defensively, he's a beast. Harden, offensively, he's a beast, right? Yeah. But Paul George was probably the best two-way player. Right? Hands down, yeah. of that three, hands down. And it's like, he's just there. Um, I think it'll take a bit of time to just kind of get back into the swing of things. Both of his shoulders, I can't even imagine right now, like, how can you even pick up a basketball when both your arms are just, like, done? But uh, I think it makes the Clippers really, really scary. I think the one glaring hole they might have is just, like, a, another big. Um, just because, like, I know Montrezl Harrell is, is, is a really, really good uh, power forward, kind of undersized in that regard. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they're missing maybe just a, a taller presence. They have Zubach, but he's kind of skinny and frail. But maybe someone like an Ibaka or something. Um, hey, like a Drummond? No, nah, well, he's not, not going to get Drummond, right? Like, I you guess, never know. Can you imagine? I think they're maybe trading for a guy like Ibaka and, like, 
getting rid of Mohawk Mission or something, you know, like something like that. Uh, just because they have a plethora of wins now with yeah. yeah. back. I, I just think they're missing that, or maybe a, a primary ball handler because Patrick Beverly, although he's like the starting point guard, he's not really a, a point guard, right? Like he doesn't do much other than the defensive end. Um, but they're yeah. all defensive teams, so. <laughs> Um, it should be fun. It should be fun to watch. But man, like so much going on around the league, and and it continues to be crazy every day. And um, honestly, Max, we just want to thank you, man, for your yeah. time and coming on here. It was a sick conversation, just to go back and forth around the league. And and obviously, you're you're a basketball head, just like the two of us. <laughs> Borderline, no more than the both of us. So <laughs> it was uh, it was awesome to have you on, man. We appreciate your time, and and thanks for everything. Eh? Yeah, thanks for for having me. Anytime, you know, I'm always here to talk ball. Uh, it's one of my, my side passions. Um, Absolutely. You should start a podcast. I've uh, seen you guys in a while, and I uh, always just love to talk ball and just catching up with you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in as well. This is episode three of season yes. two. Uh, we love uh, coming out, you know, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know where we're at. So find us. Peace.